Welcome to episode 21 of the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. It is uh, November 15th, 2020. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, uh, Danko Suvin. I am, uh, I am Michael Debs. Uh, sorry for not introducing myself first. <laughs> um, I'm working on this being a host thing still after 21 episodes, so that's probably not going to get better. Um well, you know what you know what twenty one uh, means ultimately. It's uh, I believe you brought this up before the the episode started recording. It's a gambling thing, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if 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 we've hit twenty one, we have to stop, or else oh. we're gonna bust. <laughs> well, and no one likes it when I bust. You no. know, <laughs> typically nobody's asking for for that from me either. No, no. So the listener also needs to stop, or they are also <laughs> going to bust. And if we all bust together, that's going to probably it's, that could be messy. You know what this reminds me of? Yes. There's that. Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that song, uh, Bustin' Makes Me Feel Good. Oh, hell yeah. Because yeah. it does. You know? Um, Doesn't it? Who, who's that by? I uh, feel like it's it's somebody. Isn't it like an SNL thing or something? <laughs> no, 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 no. This was, uh, this was done for, for Ghostbusters. Okay. I've heard it used in reference to Ghostbusters. I didn't know no, it was no, actually no, no, for no. them. Hold up, Ray Parker go. Jr.? I don't know, man. Ray Parker Jr. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this the song is called Bustin' Makes Me Feel Good, and it's by Ray Parker Jr. Oh, yeah. It's so funky, no, I remember dude. this. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like the Ghostbusters song, isn't it? Um, no, it's I not. I think it's, it's like, like a the credits thing. or something is when it plays. Right. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the Ghostbusters. I don't think that. We'll just we'll just go oh, to the first it is chorus. Just the song. I don't know, oh, man. Yeah. I haven't given a shit or watched the Ghostbusters since I was a kid. So. Ow! Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he's fucking playing there, but it's <laughs> <laughs> like a, a sideways flute. Yeah. It seems. This might be a remake. I think it is because yeah. this is all right. Yeah. Oh, we don't have to listen a lot. Jesus, <laughs> I like uh, I like funk. <laughs> I like funky stuff. That it's still pretty painful. Yeah. yeah. Funk wasn't the, uh, the best. Hey, uh, I know that none of you are listening to us, but if you got <laughs> upset about anything having to do with Ghostbusters, be it uh, you know all the internet drama before, or just literally anything having to do with Ghostbusters at all, please stop listening. Yeah, no. Just um, ghost, it's, yeah. Who cares? If, if uh, somehow a recent iteration of the Ghostbusters movies ruined your childhood, uh... I mean, especially those people. But anyone, <laughs> anyone that cares, yeah, just for, anyone that cares sure. about anything except for politics and philosophy, just stop. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You can play video games or something if you want. Yeah. 
We're we're actually going to turn this into a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> Nerds. Um, right. So uh, some some quick announcements. Uh, oh, yeah. There there is a Patreon now set up. I know I kept on saying I would do that. Not that uh, anyone is obligated in any way to pay to the Patreon. It's on a donation basis only. Yeah. Uh, this this broadcast will always be free as far as I'm concerned. Yes, same. Unless somebody kills me and takes it over. Um, well, uh, you know. And, and that, that includes, you know, any future uh, projects that arise out of this uh, for the most part. Um, I'm planning on, you know, we're, I, I actually found a place to move into next month. So Fuck yeah. um, I'm going to be able to set up a, a studio uh, in that place as well. And I'll be able to start working. I'm, I'm going to be able to combine the two systems I have and and make uh, actual YouTube videos pre-scripted and everything. Hell yes. Um, so that's plans for the channel, plans for what's going on. And uh, we also have a Teespring set up. Um, th- these links can all be found on the link tree. Um, the pretty- link tree, which is accessible through the... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's in the bio, and I post it with uh, everything. There you go. Um, oh, so, yeah, people people know. Yeah, pe- people should be able to find it. It's in the bio on, on the Instagram page. And, and just never, never overestimate your listeners. You know? <laughs> no, never, just never, the opposite. Never I'm kidding. Never underestimate these fine people who don't care about Ghostbusters <laughs> or Star Wars. Exactly. Um dorian has or sorry danko <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore man yeah, if they made it this far uh dorian has his uh has his workshops i've been participating yep. in them um they're they're pretty good so far yeah uh, workshop seems to be going well um i'm about to be offering more stuff to our patreon uh folks because you do have to pay for this because uh, it's not a uh, yes. a, uh, a a <clears throat> philosophical political uh, uh attempt it is my attempt at uh uh, keeping myself afloat um but uh it's going well and i'm about to uh expand the offerings to the subscribers and if you're interested in writing if you've never written before if you've written a lot um we invite you and that's uh at patreon uh, and it is truncata t-r-u-n-c-a-t-a and uh it's a lot of fun so far yeah, and I think it's, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, um, because academia, I'm hearing more and more from, from more and more sources, academia is just like an absolute shit show. It's melting down. Um, you know, I, I feel like in some ways, not to say that you're like trailblazing necessarily or anything like that, uh, but I feel like this is probably one of the better ways to, to get some like, <clears throat> not, not accredited, of course, but some right. form of education without, uh, paying your entire life away yeah and i mean i'll 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 tell a secret right now um which is uh which is that i do have plans uh as this workshop continues on and i get a little bit better at sorting out how people you know perform assignments and things of the sort and and this becomes a little bit uh, smoother and more stable that i do plan on offering uh something to the tune of actual courses uh on uh, different philosophical concepts primarily but also on literature uh maybe a little bit on politics or or economics as i'm as i'm learning more and more about that uh but the the econ stuff will be very very far in the future if it does happen um sure but uh yeah so we're i'm going to be probably turning this into more and more of a teaching thing on top of the workshops and yeah of course you won't get graded or accredited but uh, grades are bullshit anyway and uh, uh fuck yeah no one seems to give a shit if you have a degree so <laughs> yeah and, and you know it's 
I don't want to go on a rant about the, the education system. Oh yeah. <laughs> but just to, just to, to close up that, that pitch then, um, you know, imagine, imagine spending 20 bucks a month, um, in order to take a class that you would pay, I don't know if it's just one of your courses for a quarter, uh, 10 to $20,000 for, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, ex- exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, just and, to and keep I that think in mind. as you know, the, the education institutions continue to fail, not necessarily by any fault of their own. Um, in, I mean, in some in some ways, yes, a fault of their own, but a lot of it has to do with neoliberal policy that's kind of yeah. Uh, I mean, we destroyed we, the education system. We should separate when we when we or more we, we should separate just in general um, the education system in terms of the administration and the education system in terms of the teachers. Yeah, um, which Absolutely. is uh, of course you know. Uh, but people seem to, to to kind of fail to consider that a lot of the time. And um, the failure of the academic institutions that's currently happening uh, and the refusal to admit that there are failures uh, happening, which is just making everything worse with COVID and, and you know, uh, everything else uh, is not entirely the fault of administration, but it can be largely thrown in their lap. Um, Absolutely. Whereas the, the teachers and stuff. It's not their fucking fault. No. And, you know, some teachers these are, do these suck. These are good but, people trying to yeah. make a trying to make a living. Yeah. And uh, and instead, it's an abusive system that takes advantage of, you know, uh, sometimes people in their early 20s uh, uh, paying them. I, I was talking to a friend of mine who's working at a very prestigious art school uh, and uh, she's a graduate student instructor there. And guess how much she's making per hour? It is hourly. <sighs> What's her What's her degree level? Uh, she's she's a master student. Master, so not a PhD thing. But not a PhD. Uh, I would say probably probably thirteen to fifteen an hour. She's making fifteen an hour. Yeah, fifteen yeah. an hour teaching. Uh, I mean, she's not teaching these classes solely on her own, but also people who do teach courses um, yeah. on their own seem to, per what I'm hearing in the states, often make maybe a thousand bucks a class. Yeah, and, and you, you know, know. <laughs> you, you hear you hear stories about adjunct professors are living out of their cars sometimes. And, yeah, you know, so education is is screwed up not only for for the students right now, but uh, it's also screwed up for for the faculty. Um, yeah, it's fucked. And a lot of a lot of what's going on right now in in academia seems to be administration sort of leaning on the the COVID excuse to. Uh, you know, just kind of enact austerity, uh, exactly policies and, uh, you know, just sort of fire people at will because, oh, we can't afford it, obviously, because of COVID, you know? Yeah. Bizarre uh, selective austerity, too. Yeah, bizarre um, selective austerity that's, that uh, seems to single out uh, people who maybe don't agree with uh, administration policy all the time, would you say? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, that seems to be part of it, uh, but it uh, it's... It's also there are there are funny little phenomena that maybe require a little bit more statistical analysis to, to determine if it's uh, if it's really happening. But it seems to be. But, um, you know, people of color and uh, and and folks of that sort who are um, at least in one institution that's on my mind. I don't want to throw a whole bunch of the people that I talk to under the bus. <laughs> so, I, I you know, yeah. um, but uh, given their permission, I think that this person wouldn't mind. But sure. Um, but uh 
but people people of color, uh, people uh, of all different subaltern types uh, who are being the ones that are forced to teach in person while we have other people who are allowed to, as much as it sucks, teach online. Um, and then, you know, the school shuts down and then it opens back up and things of the sort. But, uh, right. you know, some people are more uh, sacrificable, expendable than others, you know, and that's dope. That is dope. Hey, speaking of uh, sacrificial people. <laughs> oh, um, cool. <laughs> Our Lord Jesus Christ. So we uh, we talked about this uh, before um, we started recording, uh, but I'm going to I'm going to make this sort of a standalone sort of uh, uh, PSA for <clears throat> the listener to share with their family. Um, COVID and the holidays. Uh mm are going to be a, a dangerous cocktail of things. Uh, so let's go ahead and go over some stats real quick. I don't know if you can see that on the screen right now. Uh, yeah, yes, I can. Okay. They look good if up is good. Yeah. Uh, yep. So currently right now we are trending at 181,000 uh, new cases per day. Um, That's incredible. Which is far over a million cases per week. Um, total cases in the U.S. are 11.1 million. Uh, total cases worldwide is 54.3 million. So that means that the, the U.S., which makes up, a, I think, 4.3% of the world's population, yeah. is standing at about 20% of the world's total cases. So it's like it's close to our prison population. Uh, yeah, no, it, uh, it, it kind of does match that. Um, fun statistic to throw out about that. Uh, 80% of... Uh, uh, people in prison who died from COVID uh, had never actually been formally charged with a crime. They were just uh, uh, either in there on uh, or awaiting bail sort of right. sort of things. Or just actively on trial. You know, yeah, actively on trial. They, they hadn't actually been convicted. Not not charged, convicted. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I meant to right, right, right. say uh, convicted. Um, you know, so- uh, 6% of an entire uh, prison died. Six percent, which 6%. is incredible. That, that is insane. That um, is an insane number. Absolutely. It shows you how uh, how not receiving care or appropriate care will also increase this like 0.4 percent number of fatalities, guys. Yes. Just, you know, pointing that out, that if you receive shit care or don't receive care, that number is going to spike up. Absolutely. And that's going to be the, the next point that I bring up. Um. So currently in uh, so so this is hmm. from covidexitstrategy.org. Purple which, is my maybe favorite color. I don't know if that's purple so much as it is maroon. No, well, it might be purple me. on your screen. But, <laughs> uh, so covidexitstrategy.org is a is a good site as far as I'm concerned for kind of getting like an overall view of how uh, COVID is spreading. Um, they have a, a map that gets constantly updated on their on their main page. Hmm. And uh, right now, every state in the U.S., uh, except for Hawaii, because Hawaii isn't letting people visit as far as I, I know. Islands, man. Yeah. Um, I believe Hawaii is like super strict rest- or yeah, they have restrictions on who can actually even visit Hawaii right now. I would um, hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope so as well. Uh everywhere in the US except for Maine and Vermont right now are in an uncontrolled spread. Uh and this is and this is including Alaska. Uh so not so not even just the contiguous US. This is also Alaska. And and just you know to to continue off that point, Canada's doing 
really well with this. I mean, comparatively. Well, we're we're um, gonna we're gonna get into that as well. Oh God, are we making it worse? Uh, uh, no, no, but, no, no, no. But 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 just keep in mind that uh, this isn't just a thing where it happens to be spreading a lot between our states, and that's the real issue. It's if if Alaska is also having this problem, is a, it's a clearly policy. Yes, it is a clearly U.S. problem. Yeah. Not not anything to do with geographic location because Canada is doing much better than us. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple minutes. But uh, so, yeah, everywhere in the U.S. except for for Maine and Vermont uh, are not. <laughs> I mean, they're in uncontrolled spread. Maine and Vermont are trending poorly. And that means typically that they're going to be in an uncontrolled spread soon. Right. Um, well, uncontrolled spread means freedom. Yeah, I yeah, I guess so. The uncontrolled spread of freedom <laughs> is uh is what this Ugh. oh man. I did a shitty thing the other day to, to some Christian folks, but I won't Oh no. <laughs> uh so so on the subject of Canada, I'm glad that you brought Canada <laughs> up. Um, oh, this is that's interesting and very something, surprising. Something that is coming up is Thanksgiving, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh I would like to urge everybody to spread the message with their families. Don't use that word. Well, which the spread word? Well, come on, man. It's, it's... <laughs> You're going. I'm make, sorry. Make this go viral. <laughs> uh, no, uh, to to <sighs> just do it. It's fine. It's fine. You've triggered me enough. <laughs> Disseminate the word. I mean, I don't like that word anymore. Yeah, that's that's a hot word. That is a hot word. <laughs> uh, this is becoming less and less family friendly. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Canada Thanksgiving. Uh, so, yeah, we have we have Thanksgiving coming up. And according to a couple of travel agencies, it looks like over 56 percent of Americans are planning on traveling. That's an home, insane number. Home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> now, where home is uh, obviously varies from person to person. But this, you know, you, you could assume a great number of these uh, uh, people who are traveling home are going to be traveling not only interstate, but inner through many states. I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I need to see that study because the idea that more people are traveling than than are not is crazy. I want to know, like, who these people are interviewing and. and I mean, we, we, we could check it later. Sorry to, like, throw oh, no, a no, wrench no, at things, okay. but no, no, I think this is this is fine to. Because like if, if they're asking a question, like the the people they're asking this question is going to matter a lot. Because travel for Thanksgiving. Um. So based off I of TripAdvisor's polls, um, oh, it's probably just because it's on TripAdvisor, right? Right. So that's going to increase it, but still, like, the, yeah, that's still insane. I mean, they're they're still you know they're doing normal polling stuff, which is they right. they factor in like how many people they actually represent. And oh, sure, sure, sure. So. Um, I would say it's safe to say that probably half of Americans are still planning on traveling and many of them are going to be traveling, uh, by airplane. Mm -hmm. Um, many of them are, are going to be traveling by car, which is better. Right. Uh, but still not ideal. Um, and then they're, they're going to be, you know, sitting at home with their, with their families on Thanksgiving. And if Canada's Thanksgiving is any indication, uh, two weeks after, after, uh, Canada's Thanksgiving, which is, uh, fuck, when is it? Yeah. In October. It's, it's October something. Yeah. Uh, no, 
Can't second Canadians uh, yeah, celebrate Thanksgiving on the second Monday of October. There you go. Uh, so this article is from the uh, Seattle Times on the 28th of October. And there was a marked spike in uh, coronavirus uh, cases after um, the, the holiday. Uh, so... And this is with Canada doing a much better job in controlling the spread. Right, right now, uh, there are 25 out of 50 states who are reporting <laughs> record hospitalizations as a result of, of this uh, this new surge. Um, Jesus. Obviously, like we, we pointed out earlier, 180,000 new cases a day, uh, 11 million cases in total. Um, we're at 263. 3,000 dead, I believe. Fuck. And, you know, believe believe whatever you want about Dr. Fauci. Hate him, love him, whatever. Uh, he's, he's saying that by April... Or maybe it was March of uh, next year. We mm. could we could see that number rising to 450,000 uh, dead. And, and that's also considering the fact that these numbers somehow kind of stopped increasing as soon as the Trump administration was really given... The ability to count, yeah. So these these are the these, so are, these are all lower. The, these are on the low end of <laughs> yeah. uh, of projections and also counts. Um, right now, uh, the the COVID cases and how they're tracked uh, is a lagging indicator. Um, hmm. Basically, what that means is we're about a week and a half behind i believe is is what i was looking at from from uh statisticians right. uh we're about a week and a half behind on on how this is uh gathered so when you know enough people start feeling symptoms enough that they get a a, a covid test and that test comes back to them by the time that's happened the spread has actually probably increased from that 181,000. Right. And so we could be somewhere around 200,000 uh, new cases a day right now, but we won't know that until a week and a half from now. Right. Um, so that's a lagging indicator. And with everything in an uncontrolled spread right now, obviously this is going to get worse and worse. Yeah. And the worst thing that anybody could possibly do right now is go anywhere and visit anyone um yeah i mean it, it sucks uh you know thanksgiving is obviously a, a family tradition yeah um, family tradition of, of traveling to a faraway place in order to spread a disease that wipes out populations <laughs> right yeah uh so you know um i would urge everyone to you know if, if you got plans to visit your family to reconsider that um yeah you know it doesn't matter if you follow guidelines uh we all have that that cousin or uncle who maybe doesn't believe <laughs> in uh, this at all. And, you know, maybe they've got a case of the sniffles and they just write it off because it's all a hoax anyways. And, you know, none of this really matters and nobody really dies from it or anything like that. But you have to understand that, you know, a lot of Americans have comorbidities yep. um, that that lead to death uh, from from this disease. And. You know, Thanksgiving isn't the last holiday of the year. We have Christmas coming up mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I made sort of a gallows humor joke on my Instagram story the other day. But I, you know, I said, uh, wait until December 24th to do all your Christmas shopping <laughs> because you might save a couple of bucks. Right. Um, <laughs> and I mean that uh, the the 
So Thanksgiving is happening, what, on the 25th, I think it is? Sounds right. I'm not a good American. Um, well, who is? Yeah. I, I know, I, know I, have a of, I have a couple of days off of work, and the, the, I think the 25th is when it starts or something like that. But uh, it's... it's uh, 26th. Yeah. 26th. Okay. So I, I get the 25th asshole. off, but whatever. <laughs> privileged um <laughs> so we're we're looking at the the 26th for when everybody's going to be gathering probably the day before is actually when people are going to meet up with each other if they're if they're you know traveling right. out of state um so the 26th is when families are going to get together and from everything i've read it takes about three weeks for someone who's contracted covid and doesn't have like serious serious comorbidities uh but but about Hmm. three weeks uh is when people either live or die yeah it's uh you can you can begin getting sick up to uh you know a a week or a week or two after you've been exposed and then the illness about a two week uh incubation period yeah but potentially up to two weeks but it it, it can be shorter um and then you generally the worst part of the illness is about 10 11 days in um and so it, it can generally last about two weeks um uh, saying this from experience yes. uh and also just the basic numbers so yeah uh, i would say yeah three weeks on, on average sounds about right for so for when people start dropping three weeks is about uh halfway through december um <laughs> just a little bit before christmas and you mm. know with with the way that you know everything takes time uh you really have to consider whether or not you might be burying a family member yeah. right before Christmas. Right. Um, so I would, you know, again, urge everybody. I, I, I get it. It sucks to not visit family. I mean, I don't personally get it necessarily because I, I don't have a great <laughs> relationship I, with my family. I, I don't, I, I don't know. But, I, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm a veteran. And so I've spent several holidays away from, from whatever I considered home at the time, uh, whether it was, you know, spending it with a, a significant other or a partner. Um, I spent time away on multiple, uh, holidays and while it does suck, uh, maybe it's a good time for reflection. I've found a yep, uh, little quiet sure. reflection, kind of recenter yourself and think about things that you care about. Um, at, at, you know, definitely make yourself some Thanksgiving dinner. I love Thanksgiving uh yeah, it's some dope food not not the history of it necessarily but uh <laughs> i love i love the food part of it um i my my partner is going to make uh her her venison dish oh hell yeah and i'm, I'm planning on doing a, a roast of some kind i haven't determined what that's gonna be yet but we're gonna we're gonna enjoy a a quiet little thanksgiving amongst ourselves um that's the way to do it I mean, that's the way to do it. You know, last year, and I'm someone that um, traditionally for Thanksgiving, uh, as as uh, Deebs knows very well, um, I uh, I have a tradition of, of going from essentially house to house of people that I know and gorging myself on multiple dinners. Yeah. Uh, I think that the record that we did was eight. Uh, and um, Thanksgiving is a really big thing for me. Uh, and last year. Uh, for Thanksgiving, I ate White Castle because it was the only thing that was open by the time that I remembered to eat. Uh, and I spent the rest of it frantically writing essays in the tiny apartment in, in Chicago rather than visiting home. And if I can survive that last year for not nearly as good of a reason as what's happening this year, you can fucking handle, you know, hanging it 
the home that you're currently in and, and cooking a turkey. It's you'll be fine. Absolutely. All right. Um, I think that just about covers the PSA portion of the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. Sob, sob. <laughs> which is which is going to be a regular part of this uh this broadcast oh, yeah. so the, our, our goal in the future is to make it a uh, more more family friendly so that we can be more uh no, disseminable no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no i just wanted that one portion to be uh a little bit on the cleaner side we, yes. we didn't do a good job at it but well did we do a bad job we didn't do a bad job either did i do a bad job we did an acceptable job and a c is a really bad job I'm just that's... marking where we ended that segment real quick Ugh. all right so uh let's let's get into the political stuff around oh COVID. hell yeah uh because obviously covid is a political issue because uh we live in a hell world where nobody i mean is there i mean hmm. there are things that that could very well not be political issues but somehow <laughs> are anyways uh... you know Oh, wearing masks? Yeah, wearing masks yeah. seems like a political <laughs> issue. Uh, so here's uh, our our favorite justice in the whole wide world ever since uh, Antonin Scalia died. <laughs> it's a little. Man, we got a lot of favorites, I think, though. I mean, they're all pretty Actually, dope. Actually, I think Amy Coney Barrett's probably our new favorite. She hasn't done oh, anything yeah. yet, really, I think. So yeah. we'll find out. But uh I mean, yeah, I, I feel like she's going to be the worst. He's, he's the old favorite. He's the old guard of favorites. Man, Kavanaugh really didn't have a lot of a chance to 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 fuck up. Uh, no, and, and then really rise to the top. He's done some you know? okayish sort of things too. He, yeah, he's been like kind of palatable in some ways, minus the whole you know being a rapist. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah. I wasn't saying that as like a, a, a no, no, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> still think the guy should be like taken out behind a shed but mm. um not mm. in like a weird way no i i, I think that's justifiable like, like a putting down a dog way oh you see we're looking at different kinds of punishment i was thinking like an eye for an eye type thing oh ugh. not my type yeah um isn't that what it wasn't that one of the things yeah that was that was, that was a the, oh God. really horrible joke i just made <sighs> Um, Alito, <laughs> Alito. So this is at the uh, the Federalist Society. Uh, Alito decided to uh, the Federal Society. Fucking that rules. Yeah, the Federalist Society. For those who don't know, is this weird cabal of uh, people who are trying to turn the entire court system into a conservative hellhole. It's incredible how many like cabal esque think tanks and stuff that the right has, and how they're so obsessed with the idea that there are secret cabals running the world uh, for the left. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Well, it's it's it's, it's like it, yeah, it's like it always it always is with all these groups. Is it's it's complete projection. They're doing that shady, weird, moneyed interest stuff, and they believe. And and I don't know how genuine some of them are, but they at least profess to believe that the left is somehow doing the same thing without any money or or like backing. Yeah, it's all George Soros, who obviously <laughs> uh, an ally of leftists everywhere. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I hope he uh, I hope he heard that, so I get a little bit extra Soros bucks this uh, <laughs> this week. Um, so here's here's Alito talking at the Federalist Society about uh uh covid i guess mm. uh he's taking a very political stance on this which Don't of course it. of course is not what the supreme court's supposed to do but they do it anyways uh because we we have put uh very political people Look, into these positions he, he's a textualist he's not gonna like add any weird Dude, political shit on top of, of it people are fucking textualists. <laughs> it doesn't exist 
It's not a real thing, guys. <laughs> uh, so, so this is from NBC News. This is one one of the better cuts I could find of all of his problematic statements about COVID. Uh, restrictions. Uh, oh. Justice Alito claims COVID pandemic restrictions hurt individual liberty, religious freedom. Because, uh, of course, it's religious freedom. Of course. And what have we seen in the pandemic? Sweeping restrictions imposed for the most part under statutes that confer enormous executive discretion. We had a COVID related case from Nevada, so I, I will take the Nevada law as an example. Under that law, if the governor finds that there is, quote, a natural, technological, or man-made emergency or disaster of major proportions, the governor can perform and exercise such functions, powers, and duties as are necessary to promote and secure the safety and protection of the civilian population. To say that this provision confers broad discretion would be an understatement. Now, again, let me be clear. I'm he's going to do a lot of this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> where, where he's going to say, this is a problem. But I'm not saying that this is a problem necessarily. Uh, he does right, a lot of backtracking right. here. Also, I would like to point out that this man is just absolutely dripping with charisma. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's he is sex appeal mostly. If if uh, if you needed like an example for why the uh, the Federalist Society is probably like a weird secretive cabal of like uh, conservative wackos. Uh, they had this guy as a speaker. <laughs> so this is a bunch of weird, like crypto fascists that are like just beating off to this, this, yep. this old dude who is trying to set some kind of weird legal precedent for why COVID restrictions are bad. Imagine fucking any right wing, any, yeah. Just imagine, <laughs> just imagine fucking any right wing politician. You lost me. You lost me. Imagine fucking. Right. Oh, well, yeah. That's that's difficult enough. But is there any like right wing politician that that seems in some way like even passably fuckable? I think it's hilarious that Ted Cruz has kids. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> And, oh, his face, his O face must be incredible. I, I, I've told this story before to you, but I don't think the, the listener has ever heard this. Um, uh. <laughs> I used to draw a, a comic off and on. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and we comics. It's, I miss it. It's still up on Facebook. Um, but <laughs> I did. I did one where a, a lizard hatches out of uh, Ted Cruz's face. <laughs> and I had less trouble drawing the lizard than I did Ted Cruz's face. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, I don't do this very often when I'm drawing because I like to draw freehand, but all the like face drawing tricks that, that I know didn't work on Ted Cruz's face. So I just had to trace his face because I couldn't, I couldn't fucking get it right. It's, it's clearly a rubber mask. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a weird <laughs> face and it doesn't like make sense with, with other faces. I uh, also, you, you, everyone knows intuitively what he sounds like when he comes. <laughs> everyone knows could you, could you give us a demonstration just for just for oh man yeah that's that's too close yeah he does a little whimper afterwards too which like could be could be endearing you know in the right yeah. context well you know I mean, as he's like as his sweaty body's we, just folded saw, over we you saw and that he's, he's like into uh into mommy stuff remember yeah. oh yeah so because because his uh his official twitter liked a, a weird like I think it yeah. was technically stepmom stuff. It was, but, yeah, I think but, so. But uh, still a little bit on the uh, the weird mommy side of things. So what? 
I mean, I, I would always imagine him like being a missionary guy, of course. But but if he's into like the mommy missionary stuff, missionary through a hole in the sheet. The missionary through a hole in the sheet. Uh, I mean, the, the woman prefers that because the the sweat yeah. that drips off of his body must be incredible. Well, I don't want to look him in the eyes. Well, also that, yeah. Um, that's the one thing he demands. He like uh, he really pins him down and stares must him look straight at me in the, eye. the eyes. Please look at me for freedom. Remember that that uh, that like. They had a recording of, of some fucking play that he did. Why am I being persecuted? That's what he says anytime. What? That's what he says anytime a woman refuses to look him in the eyes. Or when he just comes too early. Yeah. Uh, I that guy he's he's might be our hard. president one day. No. You using like using Trump tactics because he's he's a he's an amorphous lizard person. He is an amorphous so, lizard person, but I don't think he I think and people no, hate him on nobody, the right. Too, yeah, nobody but, likes him. But fuck, nobody genuinely likes him. I just think that everything's open up now. I, know? I think things have definitely opened up. Um, I mean, it, it's it's obviously more likely for someone like Tom Cotton or something. But yeah, um, someone who seems serious and and has that sort of uh, gravity about them, right? Even if that gravity is like a black hole into a horrible fascism. Yeah. The the. Uh, abomination reconstruction of all the uh shed off skin that comes from uh, mitch mcconnell's body <laughs> anyway what are we talking yeah, we're, about we're talking about alito yeah. so anyways he's gonna do oh, a bunch of, course, of this that's why i started talking about coming so much yeah he's gonna yeah. do he's gonna do a lot of this backtracking stuff Excellent. after he like clearly says this is wrong but i'm not saying that it's necessarily wrong <laughs> good not disputing that broad wording may be appropriate in statutes designed to address a wide range of emergencies, the nature of which may be hard to anticipate. And I'm not passing judgment on this particular statute. I want to make two different points. First, what we see in this statute, and in what was done under it, is a particular... Now, mind you, he's saying this directly after he said, I don't want to pass judgment on this statute. Right. And now he's doing a legal analysis of it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it seemed like to you. I feel like he legally has to say that almost like I'm not passing judgment on it being a literal judge. Um, But I yeah, I don't know. I mean, mean, it does seem like he's passing judgment in the colloquial sense, though, which is like, I think, the word game that's going on. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's he's being dishonest here. Sorry, I I got really autistic there. No, no, it's okay. (laughs) Sorry, That's baby. what I'm here for. It's okay, baby. I'm stimming against the table now. Really developed example of where the law in general has been going for some time. In the direction of government by executive officials who were thought to implement policies based on expertise. And in the purest form, scientific expertise. Second, laws giving an official so much discretion can of course be abused. And whatever one may think about the COVID restrictions, we surely don't want them to become a recurring feature after the pandemic has passed. Nice. Do you think they'll become a recurring feature when the pandemic passes, if there's no pandemics? <laughs> or is or is this in a direct response to the pandemic and thus justified, uh, let's say, mask wearing orders? Uh gathering limitations travel restrictions yeah i mean which which would uh, which would be helpful 
Which would be good. Those would be good. And, and I no, think, I'm asking you which of those options would be good. Oh, all of I them. guess that one, the, the, <laughs> the second batch of things. Because yeah. that's the one that's not, probably won't happen. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, just go on. The pandemic has resulted in previously unimaginable restrictions on individual oh, That's not how that sentence should have ended. notice what I am not saying or even implying. I am not diminishing <laughs> the severity of the virus's threat to public health. And putting mm -hmm. aside what I will say shortly about a few Supreme Court cases, I'm not saying anything about the legality of COVID restrictions, nor am I saying anything about whether any of these restrictions <laughs> represent good public policy. I'm a judge, not a policymaker. Isn't this great? I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. I just like to bitch. <laughs> That's cool. All that I'm saying is this. And I think it is an indisputable statement of fact. We have never before seen restrictions as severe, extensive, and prolonged as those experienced for most of 2020. Just as the COVID restrictions have highlighted the movement toward rule by experts, litigation about those restrictions has pointed up emerging trends in the assessment of individual rights. This is especially evident with respect to religious liberty. It pains me to say this, but in certain quarters, religious liberty is fast becoming a disfavored right. Mm. Just wait until you hear his example. <laughs> You're right. Wait until you hear his example. It's going to be uh, so good. It's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm close. And that marks a surprising turn of events. To quote a popular Nobel laureate, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. So let's look at what we've seen during the pandemic. Oh, come on. Over the summer, the Supreme Court received two applications to stay COVID restrictions that blatantly discriminated against houses of worship, one from California, one from Nevada. In both cases, the court allowed the discrimination to stand. The only justification given was that we should defer to the judgment of the governors because they have the responsibility to safeguard the public health. Would you like to know what those uh, restrictions were? What were they? <clears throat> they were the same restrictions that were placed on every kind of gathering. What? That's crazy. However, since uh, the religious right of this country feels that they're special and entitled to everything. Which they are. Sure. <laughs> they they determined that uh, as as religious uh, entities, they they were uh, ungovernable by these by these laws of man, so to speak. That's so dope. Um, and and they didn't want to uh, to uh, go along with the restrictions uh, that were placed because it doesn't matter if you're in uh, a hall of worship or a concert. Uh, if you're around a bunch of people, you're going to spread COVID. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's part of this, this weird shit that happens with teaching history, uh, to like kids where, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is, this is how I seem to recall it being taught, but okay. So time, time collapses in like in, in early American histories, uh, seemingly where, the pilgrims come over here because they were being religiously persecuted. And then the the pilgrims then signed the Declaration of Independence. Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. That's all that happened. Uh, which, which was uh, there so that we could have freedom of religion. Like, that's really how it seems to be taught. 
with like, of course, there's a little break so we can talk about like Indians and how like well we got along. Um, I'm gonna. Granted, I wasn't in. I'm fucking. I'm three thousand years old, so school for me was a little while ago. Yeah. But. <clears throat> I'm gonna throw out something that might be a little bit controversial, but I think it's in in the spirit of Thanksgiving, uh, which is rapidly approaching. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that maybe the the religious persecution thing was an excuse? No, which which like where? like the the pilgrims didn't really come over here because of religious persecution so much as they came over here just because they wanted a new land to uh, yeah exploit. I mean I think it's a complex series of things I I think religious persecution was part of it but I I don't like it's like anything where that's not the only fucking reason no you know certainly they not wanted the land reason. they wanted to yeah yeah it's a fucking colony and it's a colony because it's a colony and they they went over here. Under the auspices of England still. Yes. Right. So it's not like they escaped England. That's what I'm saying is I feel like it's a little bit of an excuse. It's it's just the dumbest storytelling, (laughs) the the way that we describe uh, early America. It's 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 mind blowing. And the stuff that isn't just really poorly told just isn't told at all. Like. We we don't need to talk about Vietnam or anything. Um, That's it's crazy. That's that could be its own like. I actually know quite a bit of uh, like Vietnam history. Um, well, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully may- people are we'll, to learn about it a little bit yeah, afterwards. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll get into that one day as like yeah. a special or something. I mean, it, yeah, Vietnam history is fascinating. But also to to just rewind a little bit, Alito shouldn't be allowed to quote Bob Dylan. <laughs> That's not something that should happen. And also, I was, I was hoping you would recognize that quote. <laughs> and additionally. <laughs> Of all, the, Are you, of all the people that he could possibly quote, he quotes the one person that's that's got a Nobel Peace Prize that probably hates the shit out of Aaliyah. <laughs> right. And didn't 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 Bob Dylan also reject it? Uh, I don't recall that. Maybe, maybe he, he at least waited a very long time to reject it or to, or to, to accept it. Um, but oh, he was Dylan he was inspired by uh, by Camus, I think who rejected his. <laughs> the, the Nobel Prize for Literature has usually been associated with poets and novelists, but the Academy handed Dylan the prize for having created a new, uh, having created new poetic expressions within the great American song tradition. Right. Dylan failed to attend the December ceremony, citing previous commitments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so he's, he's getting one of the most like world-renowned prizes you could possibly be awarded. And, uh, Dude, and, yeah, uh, he Bob just, Dylan like, fucks. Yeah, no, Bob Dylan's great. He, I hate his fucking voice, but man, he's he's right. a cool guy. I have I have only in recent years um, uh, gotten to it's an acquired taste. Yeah, gotten acquired the taste for his voice. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, it's I love that. And 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 from what I recall, and maybe I'm like reading into it too much, and this was something I invented in my head. But you know, Dylan is a big fan of Camus. And Camus also rejected it. And I think that it was connected. I may have read him in an interview or, or, or some Cam- something Camus, talking about that. I can that. see totally rejecting it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he just did it out of hand. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, oh, was it? No, it's Sarta. I'm sorry. It was Sarta. Yeah. I'm 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 dumb. It was all the, the same to you, aren't they? I mean, uh, all those all those French philosophers. All, yeah, right. All of the existentialists, uh, <laughs> but n- none of them. They're, man, we got to do that that piece in the future too, where we talk about um, uh, how most of the existentialists weren't existentialists, and yeah. or maybe we don't. Maybe this is the wrong place for that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe later.
Yes. Um, so cool. Yeah. So uh, Alito is still uh, one of the coolest justices to ever justice on the SCOTUS. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, he fucks. He's really cool. Segue moment. Mm-hmm. Hey, have you ever thought about how cool it is to be uh, represented on by an administration's transition team? yes Yes. Uh, anyways Mm -hmm. uh, this is a business insider article that I thought was pretty funny Um, women and people of color make up the majority of the Biden transition team Um, we've we've talked about ID politics before Mm -hmm. uh, on on this uh, this broadcast indeed Um, President-elect Joe Biden's transition team is primarily made up of women and people of color, CNN reported. Well, Business Insider is reporting off of CNN. Nice. Um, about half or 46% of his transition staff are people of color, according to CNN, which reviewed, which reviewed okay. diversity data from Biden's transition team. Women make up about 52% of his transition team. I mean, like... Good, good, cool. This is going somewhere. This is going somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I, I figured it is. The Biden Harris transition has laid the groundwork for a Biden Harris administration. And at the core of that work is an unrelenting commitment to diversity. Hmm. Ted Kaufman, co chair of the Biden Harris transition, said in a statement to CNN. <sighs> Let's uh, let's look at the other side of of oh, no. uh, this this wonderfully diverse team. Oh yes, I do see where this is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biden's this is a this is a Vice article, but I've seen it reported by others. Um, right, this is just a headline that came up when I Google searched it again. Uh, Biden's transition team is stuffed with Amazon, Uber, Lyft, and Airbnb personnel. Go, Hell welcome yeah. to the technocracy. <laughs> Also, I, I don't know if this is true for Airbnb, but uh, it is fun to note that Amazon, Uber, and Lyft all also function on business models that are largely based upon uh, losing as much money as possible in certain sectors and kind of uh, diminishing and crushing yeah, yeah. those industries for sure. uh, in order to uh, uh, kind of keep themselves afloat and others. Uh, so. So, so the harmful thing that Airbnb does is it uh, inspired a bunch of very oh. affluent people to buy houses and create a market uh yeah i mean airbnb is crushing external markets yes right right. uh they they've contributed quite a bit uh to the housing crisis why why the housing prices have gone up so much because people have bought up uh summer homes that they also rent out throughout the year leading to also huge gentrification and gentrification because now places that weren't typically tourist spots are becoming tourist spots Mm. uh etc etc this is especially bad in a lot of major cities um So, you know, again, ID politics means nothing. Uh, yeah. The Biden-Harris team's picks include executives at notoriously badly behaving companies. <laughs> You've been a very badly behaved company. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, such as Uber and Amazon. Crucially, some team members have worked to uh, support gig companies' assault on labor in, a re- in, in recent years, undercutting Biden's message that he opposed Proposition 22. Uh, the proposition where uh, Uber drivers right. uh, are, are contract laborers, yeah, are contract laborers now, and and they aren't uh, they aren't given any employment rights, uh, and they don't have to be uh, 
I, I believe paid the same as as actual employees too. So that sets a mm. dangerous precedent. And they're they're talking about uh, hey, oh, fuck you, California. Yeah, fuck I love you, you but California. fuck you. No, what the I don't fuck? love California anymore. I'm trying to get out of here, man. I love parts of it. I love parts. I, lo- I, I, I love like the, the atmosphere of California. Yeah. Uh, I like the, uh, the the people here are usually pretty okay sometimes. But we've all we, we've always like really sucked and really been okay in different propositions. Like we we still have a fucking death penalty here. We had a chance to get rid of that a couple of years back and yeah, four four and, years and back. You know, what, yeah. what what we have here is is the failures of neoliberalism. Hell yeah, uh, we've had. Uh, democratic uh, uh, leadership in California for about 40 years now. Right. Uh, during that time, we, we've seen expansions on uh, the oil industry. Um, Newsom has uh, previously signed large fracking contracts. Hell yeah. Um, obviously, the prison industrial complex here is, is horrible. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, we, a, it's a strong one. California here. It's cool. operates literal slave labor in order to fight its forest fires. That's yes, part sir. of the reason that some of the forest fires this year got so out of control. Because we couldn't uh, use too our Too many slaves. people, too many people who would be a part of those, those labor, uh, literally labor camps for fighting forest fires uh, were sick with COVID. And, and cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't the... Uh- Aren't the prison laborers that that fight fires? Aren't they technically paid like cents, like oh, pennies? Oh yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're paid. Uh, they're, I, I, they're not wanna, really slaves, man. I want to say they're, they're paid, paid like, like three just, cents an hour. <laughs> no, they're paid just over a dollar an hour. Really? Uh, okay, to, that's to significantly more than I thought. Um, <laughs> it's significantly more than you thought, but it's yeah. still a, a crime. Oh, it's still horrible. Yeah. Uh, and up until recently, those those firefighters, uh, those those prison firefighters. Uh, we're not able to uh, apply for uh, firefighting jobs afterwards because they were felons. Insane. Are, Insane. Are not even felons, but they were convicted of crimes. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of people thought that this was a huge win that that we passed the law uh, that that uh, prison firefighters can now apply for firefighting jobs afterwards, but. That's not really a huge win because they're entering a pool of other trained firefighters. They're not they're not guaranteed jobs as firefighters afterwards. They have the chance to participate in the job market afterwards and they're not going to receive preferential treatment with a uh, with a a conviction on their records. That's 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 just the way it fucking goes no matter what. Yeah. so that that's a casual aside. Uh, so Proposition Twenty Two. Hell yeah. Uh, Proposition Twenty Two. Uh, you know, makes makes the the Uber Lyft driver uh, and Uber Eats driver, Grubhub driver. Uh, they're they're all uh, independent contractors now. They don't have any any of the same workers' rights that a normal employee would have. Uh, <sighs> something I didn't realize about this before. Or when we when we talked about it previously in the the after election episode, mm. um, this this uh, this particular uh, uh, bill has written into it that it will take a seven eighths majority of the uh, the California legislature. <laughs> oh, are you fucking kidding? Seven eighths majority of the California legislature to overturn. Fuck you. Right. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Nothing. Fuck you. Nothing should be allowed to have that in it. 
No, nothing. that's insane. Nothing should be allowed to have that in it. Uh, what what is uh, dark on the horizon for the, the rest of the country is that now that they've seen they have a success in California, uh, Uber and Lyft, uh, I, I believe it was the Uber CEO. Um, nobody quote me on this, uh, but um, somebody from Uber said that they're planning on talking to other state governments about similar uh, legislature. Of course. of course. Of course. Because why wouldn't they? Uh, and then, you know, what, what we're going to end up seeing is that this is going to reach the federal level and, you know, bad enough in one state. But if it reaches the federal level, we're going to see a drastic, drastic change in the way that uh, not not even just uh Uber and Lyft employees are treated, but all employees, right. you know, this, what, what affects one group of employees is necessarily going to affect the rest. Yeah. And I mean, this is probably just going to, it's probably going to hit a couple states and then it's, there's probably going to be a Supreme Court case in the future uh, where they uh, end up justifying uh, all of them being contract laborers throughout all the states is federal law because the fact that uh, if they're not, then, uh, you know, if you, if you're picking someone up uh, on one side of the border and into yep. the other, then there's a problem with interstate commerce being uh, being disrupted and yep. it's just gonna be a lot of bullshit that fucking rules that's very cool that's very cool yeah uh so something that that may um <clears throat> be important here is that please, uh, please tell me this is a palate cleanser it's not is it about what this is a palate cleanser no no <laughs> when, when i when i messaged oh. you and i told you that this is going to be a good news only episode i may have lied yeah, I saw this one. I did. Yeah. All right. So uh, the article that uh, Dorian is hyperventilating over, <laughs> um, it's from the Los Angeles Times. And uh, the the headline, and this is from, uh, I want to say late 2019. Yeah, September 12, 2019. Uh, Kamala Harris's brother-in-law is the public face of Uber's fight with labor. It's awkward. Oh, shut up. Right. Who the fuck cares about their their like family drama if they even have any? Um, Dorian, did you hear at any point uh, during Kamala's uh, presidential run, or since she's been on the vice presidential uh, ticket and now vice president elect, have you heard anything about her uh, maybe uh, decrying Proposition Twenty Two, which is her her home state's uh, legislature? I don't believe I did. Okay, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because I haven't heard anything from her either. Um, and uh, with with her brother in law being a part of uh, Uber's uh, legal fight against the labor, so so some more background on this. Um, I believe it was uh, it was AB forty five, hmm. and in California. Um, nope, nope. There was a bill that was passed. Oh, is it AB5 down there? Maybe it's AB5. No, no, it's not AB5. Anyways, the reason that Uber and Lyft pushed Proposition 22 so much was because there was legislature that was passed uh, by the Californian government that made Uber and Lyft drivers in the state of California uh, employees. Mm. Um and Uber and Lyft obviously didn't like that because that meant that they had to now give those employees benefits. Right. Uh, Kamala Harris previously said that she she supported that. However, she has said absolutely nothing about about Proposition Twenty Two, and 
even nothing still now that it's been passed. Mm. Um, right, and her, her family, yeah. her brother-in-law is, you know, one of the people leading that charge for Proposition 22. Uh, and, you know, this ties back into the Biden-Harris transition team having <laughs> <laughs> having leadership from Uber on board of with course. them. Uber, yeah. Lyft, Airbnb. Um, all of them are, you know, tech bro sort of uh, uh, yeah. Silicon Valley venture capitalist bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's. It's silly to think that any politician is uh, is much of anything more than uh, than just a front facing veneer uh, for a lot of these companies, you know, like. Absolutely. Um, yeah. um, and so which why like, politicians suck so much and are so <laughs> weak in so many ways, because tying, tying this know. together with with Biden, uh, a lot of what people don't realize is is in the business model of Uber and Lyft is. <laughs> Yes, they're providing you some form of transportation. That's 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 on the face level of what the the applications do. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Airbnb; it's providing you a place to stay. On the back end of that application is also data gathering. You're right, of course. They are gathering your data, just like every application does. And that's not to say that oh well, every application does it, so it's okay. No, just the um, opposite. <laughs> this is part of their business model. They're they're collecting and selling your metadata, mm. and um, you know this this is obviously troubling in a lot of ways. Uh, but we would uh, we would be remiss if we didn't think about the Patriot Act, right? In all of this, and sure. how data gathering has led. Look, the uh, Patriot Act only is only going to be a problem <laughs> if they have your metadata. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's only going to be a problem if you have something to be to be uh, or to hide, right? If you only have something also to hide. Yeah. Um. So, you know, something that we need to be careful about when when we're moving into this new Biden Harris administration is that uh, Joe Biden is is uh, extremely invested in the data gathering and intelligence and uh, prosecution based on those two things in fact uh many people probably don't remember this because i certainly was very young when the patriot act was was enacted right uh joe biden actually in 1994 was was trying to write the patriot act before the patriot act (laughs) existed um well joe biden's just uh it's it's like what would happen if you uh if you spliced uh clinton and bush together Fair enough. <laughs> you know, like, of course he's going to try to do yeah, something well, like that. Yeah, it's, well, it's all, it's all process and it's all... Uh, I meant Bill. I meant Bill. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, why not both? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, it's I, just as sexy. I mean, it's it's hard to, to differentiate between Bill and Hillary Clinton sometimes yeah, because right. according to a lot of reports I heard, like, there, there was one point where Hillary Clinton wouldn't talk to Bill until he uh, agreed to, like, bomb one of the... Uh, mm. The uh, warehouses in you uh, promised for my birthday. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like one of the one of the like bombs that he or the like aspirin facility or something. Yeah, it was something like that. And nice. uh, was it fucking Iraq or something? Yeah, I think it was Iraq. Yeah, yeah. But there's like a, a famous little story about that where where she wouldn't talk to him until he did that because she was mad that he wasn't listening to her. Cool. 
Um, just goes to show you how healthy their relationship was, probably. Hell yeah. Uh, so this is from uh, this is from BuzzFeed News, which isn't my preferred news source, obviously. Oh, but, of course. Um, this is this has all been verified by other news sources that I've looked into. Uh, so the the headline is the many occasions Joe Biden has took took credit or the many occasions Joe Biden took credit for writing the Patriot Act. I accidentally did really bad English there. <laughs> A bad he English. has he has took credit. <laughs> Uh, Biden has repeatedly repeatedly claimed that a bill he wrote in 1994 was essentially the same as the 2001 Patriot Act. Nope. Uh, I've looked into it, and it was something called the uh, the, the, omnibus. Oh, (laughs) yeah, it was right. I mean, let me see if I can find the name of this because it was a it was a it was it was a hell of a name. Ah, yes. Omnibus Counterterrorism Act of 1995. Oh, yeah. Um, super fancy name. I don't know why it didn't pass with a name like that, you know? Yeah, man. No oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so this was in 2015 that this article was written. Uh, people may have forgotten that Joe Biden tried a presidential run in 2015. Um <sighs> He was up on the stage with uh, Barack Obama. It was mm. fun having a bunch of war criminals on the stage. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Yeah. So another potential sticking point for liberals. <laughs> for liberal. For liberal. <laughs> As if liberals opposed to the Patriot Act. I think this is mm. when when everybody left of uh, left of like wanting to uh, kill minorities was considered a liberal. Right. Um. Biden not only voted for the 2001 Patriot Act, he on many occasions claimed credit for writing it. And this is pretty true. Uh, I drafted a terrorism bill after the Oklahoma City bombing. Biden was quoted as saying by the New Republic in 2001. And the bill, John Ashcroft, that that was one of the people who uh, wrote up the Patriot Act. And the bill John Ashcroft sent up was my bill. Biden continued referring to the Patriot Act. Uh, the act broadened the surveillance capabilities of U.S. law enforcement agencies as it relates to identifying potential terrorists, and many of its provi- provisions have been opposed by liberal Democrats and liberal civil Democrats. libertarians. Nice. Yeah, this, it's it's always funny to look back at like what was the vernacular of like five years ago. You right. know? Um. So, you know, we we have these people in the transition team who specialize in in companies that collect data. Amazon is, of course, one of them. Uber and Lyft definitely. Airbnb uh, definitely part of their their uh, business model. And we have a guy in charge who, before nine eleven even happened, was trying to. I mean, the the Oklahoma City bombing was obviously a pretty big deal. Uh, would would the collection of metadata have prevented it? Probably not. Hmm. Um, but you know, we 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 saw, especially you know, under Bush, and and this continued in large under under Obama, and God knows where it went under Trump. <laughs> but you had the uh, the FISA courts, Hell which yeah. were uh, secret courts. We got uh, secret courts that would make secret, secret rulings on whether or not uh, uh, intelligence was actionable and could lead to criminal charges. Um, and Biden has historically always supported this kind of notion where 
your data can be collected. And if it looks suspicious enough, then, you know, you should at least be looked into. Mm-hmm. And more than that, you know, he's he's supported the prison industrial complex uh, his entire career. Uh, he signed, you know, he he made the crime bill uh, that led to yep. a, a huge spike in incarceration. Um other well, bills that like have, I said, Bush plus Clinton. Bush <laughs> yeah. plus Clinton, absolutely. Yeah. Um in his past, he's also uh he's also added amendments to bills that made them harsher, that made that expanded what would be considered a felony. Hmm. Um <laughs> that's a thing we need. Yeah. So, you know, these these are uh, these are some pretty some pretty uh they have some dark impl- implications for the future, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, right. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but I, I mean, I, no. I see as we, <laughs> you know, we're 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 heading into uh, very technocratic. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a police state. Uh, a lot of a lot of data uh related sort of uh criminology i guess yeah and and you know just to 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 kind of repeat what i said before but the important thing that's really frightening about you know at least three of the companies on this list is that they're companies that are not inherently good at making money unless they ultimately do damage to their own company, right? Yeah. Like the only other company that I would put on the list um, that does anything on the same level as a lot of these, I mean, Amazon has been changing a bit um, in, in recent years, um, but would be like McDonald's, where the... Well, I would say, I would say Walmart too, right? No, I don't uh, I don't know that Walmart maybe. is is like crushing itself on purpose. Yeah, maybe to, I mean, maybe. maybe I, yeah. I haven't looked that much at, at their actual like go, business go model. Go ahead but, with your McDonald's example. But, well, I mean, like McDonald's does it through essentially taking on extra debt and then reducing the amount of resources that are uh, dedicated to individual stores. Right. And then it, it ends up playing with the stock price. So actually it, they're, they're making less money and they end up pushing down the... the uh, uh, the 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 price of all their goods, and so they, they're actually like fucking themselves into pieces. Uh, but the stock Ooh. price increases. Yeah. In and you know, like Uber and Lyft, um, they don't they lose money constantly. They are yeah, hemorrhaging Uber, money. Uber has a has a horrible business model. Right. And and that's amazing because uh, the companies that they they replaced, which were cab companies, right, uh, had successful business models, and Uber came in with yeah. You know, undercutting them was essentially their business model. Yeah, and and transferring all that cost to to their employees, and somehow, despite all of that, they still can't turn a fucking profit. Right, and so what all these companies are doing are are what actually I guess the the best example of all of it would be what the you know the Koch brothers do, where they end up buying a, a company or a facility. And they run it extremely poorly on purpose and grind it into the ground until it collapses and they move on and buy something else. And with these fucking people running our government, what do you think they're going to do other than fucking grind all of the the facilities and and, and components uh, of the uh, government into the fucking ground in order to run a, a, you know, skim a profit off the top. I mean, hasn't that been the groundwork that Trump has laid this entire time? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Trump has been a big part of that. Yeah completely crippled i mean this this has been a right-wing strategy for a long time yeah uh is to cripple government i mean that's, the coke brothers are ten thousand years old each or yeah. one of them is dead now thank god <laughs> thank god um <laughs> but you know uh 
this is this has been the, the Republican right wing strategy for a long time. That's why Mitch McConnell refuses to hold votes on any bills, right? Uh, because he wants government to be so dysfunctional that people think, oh, well, the fix is we need to have a business take this over because businesses run things efficiently. And we need more firings as a country. Yeah, right. Um, And fuck, I got laid off into the ocean. uh, So so since you brought up uh, one of the Koch brothers, Mm -hmm. uh, the last remaining Koch brother, I guess. um, Both souls are within his body now. His mortal coil. (laughs) (laughs) He is one. Uh, (laughs) uh, So this this article... (laughs) Uh, the headline is from the Hill, uh, but Charles Koch regrets his partisanship, and then he's quoted as saying, "Boy, did we screw up." <laughs> I mean, when was this? When when was this published? Oh, this was uh, days days ago. Yeah, days ago. Yeah, eleven thirteen twenty. So, yeah, he's just saving so face. Two days. Yeah, he's like, exa- oh no, well, Trump. You'll, you'll you'll love to hear this. Is he's uh, he's trying to save face, but the way he does it is is uh, really awesome. Is probably. obviously in the most problematic way you could probably do it. Nice. Uh, so, so this article reads: uh, GOP mega donor Charles Koch said he regrets his decades of partisanship and now wants to focus on bridging the political divide. Okay. Very convenient. He's doing this as the president who's coming in is uh, talking about bipartisanship right, and how right. the Republican Party isn't our enemies, and you know we need to work alongside of them. Uh, basically, uh, sort of fulfilling what I said this would be, which is a troubling consolidation of the two parties is, is what we're seeing right now. Mm. Um, again, to your point, you know, this is Clinton and Bush spliced together. Uh, in an interview shortly before the election, the 85 year old libertarian tycoon told the newspaper that after funding conservative causes, he is turning his attention to issues like poverty, addiction, gang violence, homelessness, and recidivism. <laughs> How do you think he's going to address this, Dorian? Do you think he's going to like <laughs> suddenly come to the realization that uh, change needs to happen from the bottom up, and you know we need to we need to empower these people? I mean, and, and give them the tools that uh, that are necessary to survive, and maybe you know change some laws so that they have more rights and more freedoms and and better incomes. And I mean, knowing him, he's always been a, a bottom up type of guy, right? Uh, oh god over the years the Koch brothers charles and david Koch, built an influence network that poured money into conservative causes and candidates charles Koch remains the head of Koch industries because his brother died (laughs) a multi-billion dollar conglomerate with 130,000 employees and a new book co-authored by Koch, titled believe in people bottom-up solutions for a top-down world slated for publication tuesday he reflects on what he called the divisiveness of his partisan politics boy did we screw up he writes in the book what a mess what a mess what a mess oh gosh oh dearie so uh we'll skip ahead to um the end so the last line of this is uh because of partisan and this is uh this is a quote from from uh is Charles a living one? Yeah, it's yeah. Charles, yeah. Charlie Koch. They're, they're interchangeable in my mind. Right. Uh, Charles Koch says, uh, because of partisanship, we've come to expect too much of politics and too little of ourselves and mm-hmm. one another. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's there's some, there's some boot, bootstrapping dog whistling there. Hell yeah. 
Uh, so I wasn't going to bring that up, but you brought up Charles Koch. So. Sorry. No, it's fine. No, 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 it's good. It's good stuff. It's good to see what the uh, the ruling classes do. Also, if you want to, <laughs> yeah, if you want to check in, <laughs> if you want to, you want a really depressing headline. Uh, I posted it on my Instagram story. Um, just just so I don't get this wrong, because <laughs> I had so many people message art. me. I had so many people messaging me. Is this real? And yes, <laughs> yes, it is real, friends. Uh, this is from the Atlantic, uh, and the the headline is "When Discrimination oh, Targets Jesus. the Privileged." <laughs> oh man! Meet, meet the feminist aristocrats fighting for the right of daughters to inherit peerages. Uh, so basically, uh, uh, these these these, <laughs> these feminist activists uh, who all happen to be from the ruling class of England <laughs> oh, are, are upset that they can't in, uh, inherit titles like Duke and Earl. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're leading the charge of, of the feminist Fine. ideal of making sure that you can also oppress people. Uh, in the article, it mentions that uh, not only uh, not only does uh, the peerage come with, you know, uh, none, none of these people are suffering financially. No, of course uh, what, not. What they're mad about is that they don't get the full the, the, life the fancy cut. name. Well, they don't they don't get the fancy name. And and sometimes, you know, male heirs are, are uh, preferred over uh female heirs when when it comes to like land uh and uh uh businesses being transferred to them um obviously none of them are suffering they're still living quite lavish lives uh but part of it is also that there's there's 92 uh uh seats in parliament that are that are exclusively held by uh by dukes and earls and, mm. and that sort uh so so basically they just want more power so like and and i mean of course uh, these unjust systems shouldn't be built unjustly. I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, it should no, be, no, no, no. but None of us what are the arguing. fuck? Yeah, <laughs> neither of us is going to argue no. that you know it's it's wrong for for this inequality to or it's right for this inequality to oh, exist. Oh man, we showed our hand. However, <laughs> however, this was released today. Nice. I mean, in it's the middle, clearly the most important thing. In the middle of a fucking pandemic, mm-hmm. an economic crisis, wealth disparity that is that has reached a, a point of obscenity. Mm. And the Atlantic thought, hey, we really need to look out for the uh, for the uh, the peerages <laughs> of, of female uh, dukes to be and earls well, to be. If they don't, then who will? Who will? Who, who will think not, of the peerages? Not, not an article about maybe uh, dismantling these these uh, inherently oppressive systems to begin with. Hell yeah. Uh, no, we need a we need an article about uh, whether or not. I mean, I mean, this would be equivalent to like. It's really fucked up that Chelsea Clinton hasn't been granted a c- congressional seat yet. <laughs> that is oh, the argument being God. made, right? Yeah. Because because she's she's you know she's of a she's of part a of the royal fam. sort of uh, heritage, you know, so to speak. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very good. Really fucked up that, and I mean the Bush daughters. When's the last time anybody heard of them? Yeah, what's up? Don't, don't they don't they have a don't they have a, a place in the political uh the political arena it's unjust it's not uh, between, right between like their their episodes of binge drinking and driving or whatever <laughs> the whole family's pretty good at that you know yeah yeah no uh bush was a party animal dude yeah people talking about hunter biden but goddamn yeah we had a we had a pre- like that's just a, a president-elect president. yeah. son <laughs> uh but yeah we we had hunter biden as a president essentially with with george bush 
Fuck, I uh, let's see that, that article doesn't matter uh, <laughs> doesn't matter oh so so back to uh back to being super represented oh hell yeah uh one of the one of the biden harris transition appointees is mm-hmm. a lady called cecilia munoz mm-hmm. uh who uh this is a democracy now article cecilia munoz who defended family uh, separations oh, under yeah. Obama joins Biden transition team. And I thought, mm, maybe this is just like a little bit of an incendiary article. Uh, but the article reads, uh, Joe Biden has named President Obama's former top immigration advisor, Cecilia Minos, to his transition team. During her time in the White House, Minos uh, often justified Obama's harsh immigration enforcement policies. Uh, spoiler alert, that happened. Um, All right including the administration's deportation of thousands of Central American children and its decision to kill an executive order that would have halted deportations. And in 2011, Munoz was interviewed by PBS's Maria Hinojosa. Uh, Also, don't uh, don't let it don't let it fool you. Her uh, she's extremely white passing. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that probably plays into us. Yes. But, you know, this is this is in the name of inclusion. And, uh, Mm. you know, she's she's a person of color, I would would assume. She's definitely a woman. Uh, She is definitely a woman. So we've got all the uh, the ID politics, you know, kind of kind of checked there. Oh, yeah. Um, So this is a quote from her uh, in her interview in 2011. Uh, At the end of the day, when you have an immigration law that's broken and you have a community of 10 million, 11 million people living and working in the United States illegally, some of these things are going to happen. Even if the law is executed with perfection, there will be parents separated from their children. We don't have to like it, but it is a result of having a broken system of laws. And the answer to that problem is reforming the law. Hey, this this is this is a tired point. Uh, but, Mike, think about what it means to to live or work illegally. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is that is, uh, that is quite the statement, right? It's fucking like, wild uh, to to live in Ill- illegality. Yeah, I. Uh, what are you doing? Living? Oh, bro. Oh, bro. What are you doing? Working? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. In, in this country, buddy. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Uh, so these are people who form the backbone of a lot of our industries, obviously. Uh, yeah. 10, 11 million people is uh, the amount of uh, COVID uh, infections we have right now. Hell yeah. Um, so this this is like an entire workforce uh, worth of people. This is crazy. roughly uh, 3% of the country in some cases, I guess. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Here's some more stuff about why she's cool. Uh, Cecilia Munoz again. Um, Cecilia Munoz defends Latino deportations and leaders want her out of the house. This was written in 2011. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Again, you know, Obama's probably not the uh, the person a lot of people th- think or thought he was. No, definitely not. Um, I don't think anybody in our listenership needs to be told that, but... It's a nice uh, reminder. It's, it's 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 a good <laughs> reminder, and you know maybe maybe people you know intellectually understand that that Obama sucked, but it's good to have some like real concrete evidence of why. For sure. you know? Um, 
<clears throat> when President-elect Barack Obama named Cecilia Munoz as Director of Intergovernmental Affairs at the White House, Latino nonprofits and media outlets celebrated. Her appointment was viewed as a sign of inclusion for Latinos in government and an example of our growing political power. Uh, this this article is by Queens Latino. Uh, Queens Latino. By the way. Uh, so so already we're seeing the the trappings of ID politics here, right? Um, people thought that, hey, you know, she's got a she's got a Hispanic last name. So obviously this is going to be a good thing for the Latino community. Fucking no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, spoiler alert, it wasn't. Uh, this happened nine years ago. Uh, <clears throat> given that Munoz was the former senior vice president for the Office of Research, Advocacy and Legislation at the National Council of La Raza, the largest national U.S. Latino civil rights organization and prominent advocate for the immigrant rights or for immigrant rights. Uh, many expected that her advocacy would move with her into the White House. That's not what happened. No. That's actually part of the article, too, is that's not what happened. Oh, <laughs> I see. Uh, instead, Munoz has become the administration's Spanish language mouthpiece on immigration <sighs> policy. When answering, <laughs> when answering questions about the rising number of deportations and detentions, the rapid expansion of immigration enforcement programs like secure communities, and the failure to prover- provide short-term administrative relief in the absence of an immigration reform bill, Munoz sounds as if she is reading from a script from the Bush era. She has called non-criminals who face deportation or have already been deported or deported (laughs) deported Deported. uh, collateral damage. Oh, that's She referred to people who have not committed crimes and and were deported as collateral damage of the system. Well, Mike, do you think they were combatants? (laughs) Yeah, that is is an obscene word to use in in any case, uh, war or not. Uh, even more obscene when there's not even like a precedent for violence of some sort. Right. That's fucking Uh, nuts. And has repeatedly said halting some deportations via executive order isn't possible, even after 22 Democratic senators penned a letter to the president, president urging him to do so. Again, Obama, not a cool guy. No. Uh, as if reading from the Democratic Party's cue cards, Munoz has joined the chorus of legislators who blame Republicans for Congress's failures to pass a comprehensive immigration reform bill or provide relief to the children of undocumented immigrants in the form of the DREAM Act. Most recently, she was quoted in a PBS Frontline uh, special report, Lost in Detention, saying that as long as Congress gives us the money to deport 400,000, that's what we're going to do. This is uh, this is the the Biden transition team, everybody. Um, this this is the the last article I had uh, for for this particular series of rants and uh, and uh, wonderful things that we can all look forward to in the the coming months. Um, that's there's somebody literally yeah. screaming outside. Yeah, I mean that happens. That's, <laughs> that's something we get a lot of. Uh, Same, uh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man, yeah. <laughs> she she does. I I mentioned this before, but she looks exactly like uh, this uh, this lady that was in a documentary I was watching last night about borderline personality disorder. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not convinced that they are different people. It's all in that skull nose, right? Yeah, yeah. The skull nose is a big part of it. Yeah. It's spooky. The skeleton like thing, like yeah. an upturn, upturned nose is usually kind of attractive. Well, kind of cute. It can be sure, but this one looks more like like a. 
like the nose isn't there and it's just like the the holes for the nasal uh cavity yeah no it does like, like a skull yeah it's the skull nose makes her look menacing what a frightful person I bet uh, since <laughs> since she's Latino, I bet uh, dressing up for Dia de los Muertos was uh, probably pretty easy. <laughs> got him! <laughs> Fucking got him! It's <laughs> the dumbest joke I've said all day. That's uh, yeah, kind of racist. That's not racist. It's pretty racist, man. I, I I didn't know you were like that. Oh, okay. But, well, but now sorry, you are. Sorry for treading on uh, her ID politics <laughs> as she defends <laughs> deporting four hundred thousand people. This is like white woman with, yeah, with, with who apparently knows spanish last name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, yeah. uh, let's keep going to this article because, oh, hell yeah. because I, I think this is important i love it um one of one of the major <laughs> liberal talking points was kids in cages kids, kids in cages. cages that is uh, which which is a good talking point yeah. that is a, that we is a horrible thing those. but what what i don't think a lot of people especially liberals understand is that kids in cages is uh is from the obama era right um did trump do things intentionally to exacerbate the problem make it worse than it was also yes yes of course of course what people really need to understand about trump Mm. is that trump did not do anything that was not already permitted he just took it to an extreme that we found uncomfortable in a lot of ways yeah and by we i mean we as a nation i Obviously, was uncomfortable with much of what was going on before Trump even took office. Right. You were as well. I know a lot of the listener was as well. Um, but what needs to be understood is that Trump was actually very unsuccessful at getting any new laws passed or or any new uh, legislature passed. Um yeah, the, the Trump after him will uh, be better. The Trump uh, after him roll. will actually understand how government works and not be a floundering fucking idiot. Might be like slightly charming and something. Yeah. <laughs> might be able to smile. <laughs> might might be able to get through through a complete sentence without a non secateur and right. and like uh, maybe fucking up how to say anything at all. Might know how to stand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is something that I, that I think has gotten worse through his, his it presidency. Has. So is, weird. I mean, I, I've seen gout will fuck up your feet. Well, yeah, gout, but I, I've seen uh, uh, people. Uh, it's like prefrontal cortex uh, oh, yeah. dementia or something <laughs> like that. One of the one of the symptoms is standing like uh, like he does, where where right. you have like your your hips to the to the back of yeah. like your your spine, and you like yeah, you like bend. And you know, and at the, bend forward at the waist, but up at the at the stomach, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. guys, I I have excess uh, posterior tilt myself, but on me it's that's, sexy. That's the word I was looking for. Excess uh, posterior tilt. It's, yes. uh, on me it's sexy. On him, <laughs> less so. Well, he does know? have that dump truck ass. Yeah, man. I mean, he's just he's, he's just uh, for years as a businessman, he's been he's been dropping, popping. Dropping and popping, you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> popping, you, locking, and dropping. Popping, it. locking, all all of the things. But uh, you know, I think he, I did that back. He's pop, lock, and drop. Yeah. Pop, well, lock, but I, drop. I'm actually referencing pop, uh, uh, um, legally blonde. Oh, I didn't you know, uh, recognize to, that one. You you, uh, you, you, you drop movie. something in front of someone that you're attracted to, and you mm. kind of pop, pop your ass up in the air, and then you quickly stand up and kind of lock into position, and then uh, you know I've show it all I've done that off. before. I mean, that's the only way that I've found dates, which is why online dating is so painful for me. <laughs> I'm not able to do it. You're not allowed to. to... I should upload gifts. <clears throat> well, they should let you do that. They should. Yeah. I mean, I I think they do. 
So I'm going to start. Just a gif of you like playfully dropping, dropping a pen and then going, oh, yeah. oh me, oh exactly. my, better bend over and get this. And then, yeah, <laughs> nice work. Yeah, you don't you don't uh, watch any any good cinema, do you? Godfather Part Three, <laughs> Legally Blonde. <laughs> Yeah. I think the there's classics. a third one. Yeah, the classics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I haven't watched either of those, that uh, sucks, those films. It's yeah, a bummer. I, I suck. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's continue with this article real oh, quick. Oh, man. Uh, uh, some independent journalists and organizations have targeted Munoz for her complicity in sugarcoating the negative impact of Obama's immigration policies on Latino communities. Mm-hmm. Presente.org. As, uh, well pronounced, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what I did there was a crime, I think. Presente. Presente. <laughs> uh, currently has a petition demanding uh, she come clean. The organization and signatories have asked Munoz to return to her advocacy roots and renounce secure communities and other policies she is perceived as defending. Uh, secure communities. I'm, I'm kind of blanking on what that was, but I think it was like... So remember when Trump uh, was talking about um, they're going to put low income housing in your suburbs. Oh, yeah. And we have to protect the suburbs, which is like a dog whistle for protecting, mm-hmm. you know, white white, uh, people. white people. Uh, oh, OK. Secure Communities was was uh, immigration enforcement program. Uh, uh, enacted by ICE. Cool. Uh, let's see. Of course it is. <laughs> Secure communities is a simple and common sense way to carry out <laughs> ICE's enforcement procedures for those aliens. 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 This is Obama era wording. Mm-hmm. Aliens mm-hmm. detained in the custody of another law enforcement agency. Okay. So this was secure communities was if you were arrested or detained um, as, as a uh, undocumented uh, immigrant, uh, those, those, uh, the police department could turn you over to ice and basically fast track you for a deportation. Neat. Cool. cool right. Good. Cause nobody's ever detained unlawfully in the first place. No, no. Um, and or detained and then we realized they did nothing wrong, you know? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Unlawfully oh. detained. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess they're, yeah. <laughs> Especially not uh, people of color. No. Especially not people belonging to uh, the Latino community. Um, I'm just using the the 2011 uh, terminology. I guess now it would right. be Latin community. Latin um, community. Latinx. Yeah, I'm still not sold yeah. on that. Yeah, and uh, coincidentally, like 90% of the Latin community isn't either. Right. <laughs> so I think I think we're okay just saying I, Latin. I have to ask this question. People have gotten upset with me for, for, for asking it. And I just genuinely don't know. I don't, I don't understand. And I wish people would stop yelling at me about this. And this isn't sure. a joke. But what's with folks with an X? Dude, I fucking hate it. What did the what is it what does it do? Folks I just want someone K- to tell me what that means. It doesn't do anything. That's why it sucks. And yeah, but folks, then why do people get angry at me about it? Yeah, well, what does it mean? I'm gonna say something that might be controversial okay. about white people. Like people that I like do this. I don't yeah, get it. Well, I'm gonna say something controversial no, about, no, about white people. About white people. None of these people are white. And they're all that's, white. That's that's that uh white people don't exist. And oh, yeah, so if fair. a white person tells you something, you can just fucking ignore them because white people, <laughs> white people aren't real. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
the the people who consider themselves white are problematic in of themselves. Maybe you should ask them to consider why they consider themselves white people instead of uh, maybe uh, well, Irish or, or German or uh, Swedish or any of the other uh, races that make up what we uh, currently see as white. Oh, Maybe you Hold should on. maybe you should ask them instead of instead of challenging the the FOLX thing or or standing by the FOLX thing, ask them why they care more about that than deconstructing their own whiteness. <laughs> okay, so I I have looked this up before in the past. Oh, the, and, now now they finally uh, they well finally okay so them. so I've I've looked this up and and it. I'm, so I'm looking at one of the older <laughs> articles that I've looked at uh, that says nothing. It just talks and it says fucking nothing. And I, I that was the one that I really looked at in the past. But I'm looking at another one that's saying that it's it's specifically an umbrella term for people with non-normative sexual orientations and identities. And if that's if that's that the case, doesn't make any sense though. Well, I I, I don't know. Like it, inside of that community, if that's the word that they want to use, like yeah. instead of like. LGBTQ plus or, or something of the sort. If that's the word they want to use, then great. But I just wish that someone would have fucking told me that's what it meant. <laughs> okay. When I asked them, you know. I'm gonna challenge that still. Okay. Because what is what is folks always proceeded with when it's used in that term? Uh, Queer folks, right? No, I, I, I think oh uh, I don't know. That's, because that's how well, I, I mean, that's, see it. That's the thing is that I've never seen it preceded by the word queer, and so that's why I never realized that it was it had anything to do with that that uh, er, like like area of, of, of social life i don't know I, I think it's i think it's uh a I, pointless designator especially since it doesn't translate to spoken word because folks yeah, I mean, that's, with an X that is and, irritating and yeah that's that's where most of my most of my problem with it originates right. is like these are extremely online people and yeah. i'm an extremely online person but right. I understand that, like, if it doesn't mean anything in the spoken language as well, you're probably not, like, making anything great there. I right. don't know. That, like, I mean, I have less of a problem with this now, but it is really irritating that it's pronounced the same way as another word. Um, I always see it with... That would be used with, in the same context. With the preceding word queer. Yeah. You know, like queer In that folks. case, then, it's, it's extra confusing, then. I mean, it's extra confusing in either case in different ways. Yeah. I don't know. And and I think, you know, it's it's fine with a, with an LKS. It's... We did it. We figured it out and we're still confused. I don't like it when people say folks in the first place. Yeah, that's an Obama thing. Yeah. I you also know, do say folks a lot. I do. Tortured some folks. A, <laughs> I need to make that as a... As we need to have that as a drop, yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to actually, like, use the drops. <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, there you uh, go. Where's a where's a short? Uh, there's that one that's thirty seconds down toward the bottom there. Yeah, it's sure. still too long. It's but. still too long. Yeah, let's see. This is this is the greatest Obama quote since since we're dunking on Obama, you know, who uh, who who just came out with a book, by the way. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Even before I came into office, uh, <laughs> I was very clear. I'll very clear. That, uh, in the immediate aftermath of nine eleven. Uh, we did some things that were wrong. <laughs> we did a whole lot of things that were right. But like what? we tortured some folks. We did some things that were contrary to our values. Um, <laughs> fun fact, that didn't end under Obama, so. No, certainly not. <laughs> nope. Nothing did. <laughs> Nothing ended under Obama except Shit, for Obama's. Pre- well, maybe not. When was this? 
2000. No. I want to know when this was recorded. Like, when did he finally? August 1st, 2014 is what it looks like. Yeah. Obama. We tortured some folks. (laughs) (laughs) This is is 13 fucking years after (laughs) 9-11. Finally, finally we get the admission. uh, we, uh, We tortured some folks. It's great. That's very cool. Yeah, back to Cecilia Munoz. Oh, the person that I... Uh, yeah. Good. Yay. Um, <laughs> this is, I'm glad that I found a, a Latino uh, uh, article on this on this uh, this lady um, because they, they've got a lot of like really pointed language about this. Yeah. Uh, being That's Latina fun. does not give you a license to advocate for and spin around policies that devastate Latinas. What? Robert Lovato, co-founder of the Latino political organization Presente.org, told New American Media. Presente.org has attacked right-wing people like Lou Dobbs, Lovato said. Munoz is out there talking about immigrants like she's a Republican white man. The messenger, <laughs> the messenger has Run changed, down. but the messenger is the same. Or nice. the message is the same. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, uh, so that's why, uh, yet again, you don't get yourself uh, wrapped up in ID politics. I wouldn't care uh, uh, who you put in charge of immigration policy. It could be, uh, it could be a white man. It could be, uh, it could be a black man. They're just always going to be racist. <laughs> well, not, I mean, that's not that's not necessarily true. The point I'm going to make is, I don't care who's in that seat as long right. as they have good policy. Yeah, you could put. Uh, one of the fucking Moonanites from Aquatine Hunger Force in there. And as long as they have good immigration policy, I'm not going to fucking care. Right. Even if they flip me off as they like fly away from planet Earth. Man, I missed that show. Yeah, it was a great show. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, yes, representation is important, obviously. Sure. But you can't mistake representation for policy. Right. And a lot of times what the establishment is going to do and this is what we saw with amy coney barrett mm. uh Go is going to going to check all of the id politics uh boxes uh you know we take ruth bader ginsburg um a white woman i guess jewish but you know <laughs> what, what, what is like the consensus on that like like i see jewish people consider themselves white all the time but then not consider themselves white right um i, I think it obviously differs from you know person to person but yeah. uh basically you know you, you had a, a a woman in that seat and what did trump promise oh i'm gonna grab a woman for that seat um <laughs> That's probably a bad, hmm. bad use of the word. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> Grab yeah. given uh, Trump's history. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to choose a woman for that seat. There you go. And that that checks the ID politics box, right? Because there's there's a there's a, a woman of color, uh, Sotomayor, mm. already on the Supreme Court. Right. Uh, so so now we need a, a white woman on the Supreme Court, <laughs> and of course he's going to choose. A white woman who just happens to says all the same things a Republican white man would say. Right. Uh, a, a neoconservative. Uh, and I consider her to not just be a liberal, but a neoconservative. For sure. Yeah. Um, a neoconservative whack job that checks the ID politics boxes. And that's something we have to look out for is uh, with with the Biden transition team. You have, uh, you know, half of them are people of color. Uh, 52% of them are women. That doesn't mean anything if, if the people they're choosing are these weird uh, 
technocratic crypto fascist uh, data sellers and traders. Right. right. Yeah. Um, it'll be fine so long as we have that, that veneer of, uh, of different identities that don't really mean anything it'll be it'll be awesome everything's fine <laughs> everything's, everything's okay good um shit I'm trying to think of something that we could use as a palette <laughs> well we uh tortured some folks yeah we tortured some folks you know? it's a good palate cleanser <laughs> um, no i'm saying we did oh, 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 oh yeah <laughs> let's see if dave rubin has said anything uh, stupid lately there you go dave rubin's always he's a good still laugh alive? he's, he's still, still alive him? still allowed to be <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's enjoy this one. I watched some of this. I think. Uh, yeah, we'll just watch some of this because this is long. Uh, this is Dave Rubin 2020 election meltdown from cringe to cope. So there's there no way they're going to accept the election this time, and I do think Trump's going to win most likely in a landslide. Trump is going to win, and he's going to win in a bigger way than he won last time. Sounds crazy, but Trump's going to get 30 percent of the black vote and they know it and that's why they're freaking out. I tweeted about a year ago that that Trump's going to get 30% of the black vote. That's an insane, no one in their right mind would say that. Support was 15%. That that uh, that guy on the right is Michael Knowles, who hmm. was employed by uh, Benjamin Shapiro. Oh, very good. Uh, just, very good. Just in case you weren't aware who he is, I was not. So so Michael Knowles is saying, uh, I think it's actually like fifteen percent because he's not as brain dead as Dave Rubin, right? Uh, but that's still an outrageous uh, figure for sure. Not not nearly what like the the black vote uh, did increase for for Trump, uh, yeah. And part of that is because there is no such thing as a black vote. Uh, right people need well, to begin to realize <laughs> i mean the the, the 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 black vote even though like this is it's bizarre to treat it so monolithically like it is bizarre to treat well, anything monolithically is, is it, it's it treated treats, as a monolith right it, it has still like at least per some bizarre arbitrary statistical analysis kind of standpoint it has reliably gone to democrats for uh like forever <laughs> not yeah. forever but um so it is it is scary and weird to see it going somewhere else. It's scary and weird, but yeah. Um I see what you're saying. A, a good person to listen to on this subject is uh Adolf Reed, who talks oh, about yeah. it a no, lot. He 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 rules. Yeah, Adolf Reed fucking slaps. Um I, I believe uh Cornell West has said things about this too, how you know, treating treating the black voter also as a rules. monolith. Yeah, also rules. <laughs> I would never I would never recommend people listen to somebody that doesn't rule, you know. That's true. Well, I guess we literally do recommend that people listen to awful people. No, also. No, no, we don't recommend anybody <laughs> listens to this this podcast or even what we listen to on the podcast. That's true. That's yeah, we've true. never recommended not. any of these people. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, treat, treating uh, treating the black vote as a monolith, which the Democratic Party did, and obviously that didn't work out for them. Uh, this elect, I mean, the, the black vote turned out more for Democrats than not, but they lost ground in this area because they treat it like a monolith, and they just say, "Well, you know, the black vote's always going to go to us. We'll just take it for granted." And what we're seeing a lot right now is that people are no longer happy being taken for granted. Um, right. Yep. So let's uh, let's continue with Dave Rubin though before before I get into more ranting. Seventy percent approval. Yeah, I'm guessing it could it could be around thirty percent. I think that that thirty percent <laughs> is going to break very yeah, hard to Trump. That's not going to show up in the polls yeah. because okay. they they won't say it in the All polls. All right. 
it's it's funny it's, it's funny when you see uh when you see somebody like judge janine Pirro like going oh all right okay dude like, oh she is she is she, she's unbearable she, but she's yeah, unbearable that is, but, but it, when even she yeah. is like slapping down dave rubin when, it's like when dude, she's trying you, to distance herself <laughs> you fucking suck so bad yeah like well the only reason that, that he's probably on our show at all is because everything's distance right now right so <laughs> People are kind of starving for content yeah. on all these channels. Right, right. I mean, he, he really is like no. the 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 stinky kid with a weird laugh that like hangs out with your friends, oh, but no, everyone's no, no, like no. trying I, to get him to get away from you. I knew this guy. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't in boot camp. It was when, when I was here. in my uh, when I was in my uh, military occupation specialty school MOS for for those in the know. Uh, <laughs> when I was in my MOS school, um, there was this guy who was exactly like Dave Rubin. And if he didn't have a different name, I would think that that guy that I knew could have changed his name. He might have, but I don't think he did. I, I mean, I always did like, and this isn't in a negative way. He always struck me as one of those dudes that was like trying really hard to be performatively straight. Right. And I was like, I think that guy might be gay. Yeah. And Dave Rubin is gay, obviously. So maybe this guy did change his name and now he's Dave Rubin. And, and you know, he's, uh, he's got his, uh, he's got his male partner and, uh, and advocates against himself all the time on his own show. Uh, But yeah, I mean, like he was the same way. Like he always kind of just like smelled bad uh, because he was like dousing himself in like tons of cheap cologne in order to like impress the ladies sort of thing. Yeah. And I was like, all he talked about was like, hell yeah, bros, let's go get some bitches or something. You know, every time that a woman has ever uh, given me, you know, the look, yeah, she's always been bleeding out of her nose because I'm, <laughs> I'm just soaked in cologne. Yep. And well, well, the funny thing was uh, the the place I went to school in was uh, Twenty Nine Palms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so no. we got this dude, this dude awful. in the middle of Twenty Nine Palms. Which, for those of you who are out of out of country or out of state and don't know this, uh, Twenty Nine Palms is in the middle of a fucking desert, and the nearest town. Uh, Aside from 29 Palms itself, there's there's 29 Palms, a military base, and then there's 29 Palms, a town. Uh, and then the, the closest thing to that is a place called Yukaipa. And mm. both 29 Palms and Yukaipa are considered like meth lab towns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no shit. There were several times I would wake up in the middle of the night because a near, nearby meth lab exploded. And like, you could see like the, the flames in the distance. I, I've, I've told you that, that one of the like, three times that i've been to 29 palms it was to go to a fucking magic the gathering tournament oh buddy i drove how long of a drive is that it's at least like four five hours probably yeah yeah from here to do that because because a buddy of mine was also stationed there yeah yeah, yeah right. and uh and he he demanded that i come up and hang out and do this little tournament thing i'm like i it sounds uh sounds terrible but i could i could do a little road trip that sounds fun this is my first time going there and uh that town is fucking the, slaps dude i mean i'm i'm used to visiting like <laughs> like apple valley and victorville and yeah. shit like the high desert but i don't even think that that's as depressing as victorville is like victor i sorry sorry as 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 29 palms says no no like, no, no. like 29 palms is, is scraping the bottom of like the depressing desert town yeah and it's just it's it's a, a couple lines of residential housing one little shopping center, uh, if I remember correctly, yep. the base and uh, occasional explosions from either the base or the meth. Yeah. Yeah. That base, place base is or meth lab explosions. Incredible. 
that that's how you differentiated between what was on the artillery range and what was uh, out in town as a meth lab was uh, what direction you looked when you were looking at the explosion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> this is 100 percent true. I love um, it. So that's that's uh, that's who Dave Rubin reminds me of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. That's how we got on that. <laughs> it was this guy that doused himself in cologne and was trying to look for bitches in the middle of a fucking uh, meth desert town. Oh, um, delightful. Day in America. These are fake glasses, and I thought today is the type of day because I want to connect with you. So you see what I did there? And of course, here we go again. So let's uh, let's skip ahead a little bit. Okay. But all right, let's. Enough talking about the losers. Let's talk about the winners here. Trump has an incredible opportunity. Trump has an absolutely <laughs> incredible opportunity. You take the conservatives, you basically take anyone who likes the experiment of America and you make them feel good about it again. And you now, <laughs> Trump, now what's your chance, man? Your chance is to is to open that freaking economy, get us back to work, get us watching sports again. The, the, the woke thing, think about the hint that it just took. But this Trump win, it's a pushback on big tech. It's a pushback on mainstream media. Like all of you people who have consistently gotten everything wrong, you did it again. You got it wrong again. And you losers. And now I'm going to do a little. This will oh, be a okay. Little so this is when he thinks Trump is still going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You losers <laughs> at, at the Lincoln Project. Like you people who <laughs> clearly can't I mean, maintain an erection. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's actually right about the big losers. That, that you have to spend your life just being against one thing, this orange man. It's like, you guys got to go away then. And Chris Hayes, that little dork on MSNBC. All of the people who've gotten everything wrong. Bill Crystal, you've gotten everything wrong. David Frum, you've gotten everything wrong. You All right, guys so this go is, away uh, now. Let's just go ahead and skip Skipping. to the day after. This is November 4th oh, now. Oh, very nice. I like uh, their choice of music. Yeah, this is a tweet. Uh, so assuming they drag out Pennsylvania, even though Trump is up by 700,000 votes, is there some way we can get an answer on this tonight? Obviously, Biden isn't conceding tonight, and media wants this to keep going as long as possible. <laughs> all right. Uh, so he's just like retweeting all sorts of stuff about how Trump yeah. is up. Anymore, this is the most important election of a generation, of a lifetime ever. Uh, people have got to take naps also. Um, it all got very bizarre that it seemed to all happen at the exact same time. Most likely, the machinery in those states probably want Biden to win. That's exactly what I was talking about with Glenn Beck on Monday. That <laughs> a conspiracy isn't just, you know, it's not just the, the evil guys in The Simpsons laughing in the room. You know, it's not just that. But that it sort of moves and morphs and kind of happens in real time. Such and suddenly, as they, it seems that as they kind of realized that Trump really was going to win and the numbers weren't looking good, well, then suddenly they just started shutting down these states as if that's something that we do on election night. I mean, that that isn't something we do. Uh, as of right now, Trump... Uh, real quick, that is actually something that we do. <clears throat> uh, poll counters aren't slaves to counting polls. Uh, right. All the way through uh, until every last uh, ballot is counted. Oh gosh darn it! Maybe they should be. Uh, they they take uh, they take a sleepy time. What? Uh, and it's and it's uh, it's different per each state because the way that elections are run is through the uh, the state uh, legislative body determines how they want to run their their election. Right. Uh, so 
yes, it is something we do. And if only if only we had libertarians managing our uh, our, our our voting system <laughs> so that we anyway. Yeah, that's a. All right, here we go. Uh, Dave, sensing that his end is near, reflects on his journey. Mm. Mm. No matter Mm. what happens Mm. right now, I know that I did what I thought was right. Like, (laughs) I really did. I did what I thought was right. As I said, yes, it's coming across. stages of grief in real time. uh, Family and a whole bunch of other stuff. I have no doubt that if Trump loses, like there's going to be all sorts of people that will try to destroy all of the people that had anything to do with Trump or anything like that. Um, but I'm, I'm really proud that I stood up and said what I believe in. And, you know, when I glance through the comment section here, I, I know that you guys in, in some cases, like I'm a proxy for you because it's a little harder for you to do it in whatever your life circumstances are. And I totally sympathize with that. And I, I wish there were there were some good answers for it. Can we all admit that the pandemic is over now? Like, at least give us that as you peddle the, peddle the rest of this nonsense. This is tweet. It's not, it's not partisan to say that Dems can get away with anything at this point because they have mainstream media and big tech. It doesn't matter what happens in these states. Uh, only matters fuck. what narrative is. <laughs> Saying that doesn't make you a repub. It makes you awake as opposed to woke. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Such a fucking... Damn. <laughs> that guy rules. Spitting bars. Uh, uh, so this is. Uh, yeah. November 6th. This is uh, Joe Biden is prote- projected to be the winner now. Uh, Dave is floored, but he can't believe Trump is about to lose. Dave distances himself, <laughs> distances himself from Republicans. Now, I know a ton of people here in Los Angeles that secretly Imagine being on the side you have Trump. to distance from. And as I've been saying for weeks, I didn't know anyone that was a Trump person last time that voted for Biden this time. And I hear so many versions of that story from you guys literally across the country. And yet here we are. In, in- Do you think uh, maybe... <laughs> Maybe the reason that Ruben's uh, audience has all these stories about people who are Trump supporters mm. and why they don't know very many Biden supporters is because uh, maybe they uh, they hang out with each other and, and have similar political beliefs in their circles and they're they're existing in kind of an echo chamber of their own thoughts. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, okay, cool. Maybe. I, I, just want, I just want to run that by you. you. Th- <laughs> you're, you're a big philosophy guy. So the jury's out on it. But, <laughs> but I have these numbers that, that we're supposed to believe. But okay, that, that's just fine. There's a feeling in the mainstream media and from the Twitterati that it's like it could happen at any moment. They're just going to announce Biden. And it wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past these people to just announce <laughs> Biden and then have to go from there. And, and the Biden campaign released a statement today saying something like, if, if Trump doesn't leave the White House, in 70 days, you know, will the law enforcement will escort him out or something. So that type of tweet's allowed on there, but, you know, not the other tweets. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know, can the Republicans actually stand up to anything without Trump, or are they just like a bunch of impotent losers? I don't know. And again, this is why I've never considered myself a Republican in all of this, so right? Yeah. Like, I absolutely supported Trump, especially in the last couple Never considered weeks, himself a Republican, just vehicle no. aligned with Republicans on everything. So right. to rebuild something good. Um, but I never have once said that I'm a Republican because these guys are pretty <laughs> unimpressive right, as, a, as a group of people. Regardless of who wins, 
I'm going to I'm going to do my best to be one of the few people who tries to heal some of this lunacy. <laughs> I've been trying for a while and sometimes I'm pretty good at it and sometimes I'm not. But I promise to try American to flag, try American flag. Yeah. American flag. <laughs> Three American flag emojis. <laughs> Dave Rubin, the great healer of our nation. Yeah. The guy rules. R- reminder that on November 30 was gloating and saying, you all a bunch of losers. <laughs> Man, that's cool. Yeah. That's a pretty good palate cleanser. Every time got things wrong. But if I start getting everything wrong, I think you will probably hold me to account. You know how you do it? You'll probably stop watching. And uh, that's probably what you should be doing. <laughs> that's a good edit. Uh, if you want to watch the, the full 11 minutes of that, uh, that's on uh, Dave Rubin Clips uh, Twitter. At uh, Clips it's, Dave. Yeah, it's at Clips Dave. Um, so I think we're, we're, we're at the end of our, uh, our normal podcast time. We actually ran a little bit longer than we normally do. Thank God. Um, but, but I think after all the, the wonderful talk we had, we needed something to, to kind of release us back into uh, our normal state of depression instead of a worse state of depression. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so we're at the end of our rope, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That's not the phrase I would use. (laughs) Uh, but it is a phrase that could be it used. Is a phrase that could be used. Uh, yeah, we did all all of our pitches and stuff at the beginning. Yeah, we did all of our pitches at the beginning. So uh, I guess we'll just uh, we'll sign off here. Uh, thank you for everybody who listened. Uh, we love you. Please take your medicine. Please take mine too. <laughs>